chromosomes. Little strands of nucleic acids and proteins are the fundamental genetic instructions that tell us who we are at birth. Most people are born with 46 chromosomes, but each year in the United States, about 6,000 people are born with an extra chromosome, making them a person with Down syndrome. If you've ever encountered someone with Down syndrome, you know that they are some of the kindest, most joyful people you will ever meet. They truly have something extra. My name is Lisa Nichols, and I have spent the last 24 years as both the CEO of Technology Partners and as the mother to Allie. Allie has something extra in every sense of the word. I have been blessed to be by her side as she impacts everyone she meets. Through these two important roles as CEO and mother to Allie, I have witnessed countless life lessons that have fundamentally changed the way I look at the world. While you may not have an extra chromosome, every leader has something extra that defines who you are. Join me as I explore the something extra in leaders from all walks of life and discover how that difference in each of them has made a difference in their companies, their families, their communities, and in themselves. I am thrilled to have John Rulin on the show today. John is the co-founder of the Giftology Group, the co-founder of the Rulin Group, an international keynote speaker, author, and entrepreneur. John, I am so excited that you are making the time. I know that you are just crazy busy from being the CEO of Giftology to an author to a speaker. So thank you so much for gifting your time today to be on the Something Extra podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Lisa. I wouldn't give it if I didn't think that it was going to be used and spread and multiplied by 100x. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. And you and I first met like years ago through a gentleman that I know we both love, Dr. Tom Hill. Yeah. Since then, I will tell you, and I don't know if I've told you this story, but one of your protégés had reached out to me a few years ago and gave me this gorgeous, beautiful carving knife (laughs) with technology partners and my name on it. And literally, it has been sitting on my desk probably for about four years, and it's so beautiful, I don't even want to use it. So (laughs) (laughs) we're going to get into that. But before we do, I know that you did not grow up in St. Louis. You grew up in Ohio, right? Yeah. On a farm. So I want you to talk to us a little bit about how you grew up and then we'll get into more about what you're doing today. Yeah. Well, sometimes when people hear that we work with the Cubs or pro sports teams, they think I would grow up in LA or New York. I grew up milking goats every morning. One of six kids. We had a 47 acre, very much a working farm, one acre garden, heat our house with wood. Like it was like Davy Crockett growing up and I didn't like blue collar stuff. So I was like, I need to do whatever I can to get out of my town of 400 people in Ohio. And I thought I was going to go be a doctor. That was my mom was into health and wellness and she was buying things organic before there's whole foods and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I went to Malone, small Christian university, a pre-med straight A's all the way through school. And my life changed because of somebody I met my sophomore year. It was my girlfriend's dad. He was an attorney. When you're poor, you notice when people are really generous. And he was this over the top, like he would do radical things. Like he'd find a deal on noodles and everybody at Sunday church, the next Sunday would end up with like 20 cases, like a year supply of noodles. I'm like, Paul, that was 30 grand. Are are you nuts? And he was just always doing this. And I noticed he was super successful, like referrals and deals and access, like even in dips and depressions, he was still doing really well. 
And uh, I looked at him at 60. I'm like, I want to be Paul when I'm 60. I'm 20. Right. And so I, I remember I pitched him. I interned with Cutco, the knife company, which I had no idea what Cutco was. I was desperate to pay for med school. Didn't realize they had the best sales training program in the world for college kids and had worked with 1.5 million college students. And Paul, I thought maybe Paul would have mercy on me. Buy a knife. <laughs> yeah, buy pocket knives for 100 of his clients. And th- now these are, are like $80 pocket knives. So it's not like from China. Cutco is made in New York. It's like the Rolex of cutlery. He changed my life forever. He said, John, I don't want to order 100 pocket knives. Cut it, order 100 paring knives. I'm like, you want to give a bunch of dudes, a bunch of CEOs, like a kitchen tool? Like, why? And he said, John, in 40 years in business, I figured out that if you take care of the family in business, everything else takes care of itself. So that was my lightning bolt, kind of my pivot. You know, it's very popular right now to talk about pivots. I pivoted away from med school and basically created a business around the idea of using generosity and gifting. We have a gifting agency for the last 20 years. But it all started back with kind of those Midwestern roots and understanding that Paul really didn't care about the knives. He cared about relationships. And everybody says they care about relationships, but most people aren't very good at them. Is attorney Paul still with us? He is. He um, Unfortunately, people are like, hey, did you marry his daughter? And I'm like, no, that relationship crashed and burned. But Paul's impact on me, and I've stayed in touch with him over the years. I haven't talked to him recently, but he served as the board of trustees, the chairman of the board at Malone. Ironically, now my business partner is like the youngest chairman of the board of trustees at Malone who owns half of Giftology. And so I still have close ties to his family. He was like one of 10, 12 kids and and some of his brothers and sisters. I, you know, I see occasionally when I'm back in Ohio speaking or whatever else, but no, I, I haven't stayed in close touch. That gets a little bit awkward when it's, uh, when it's an uh, his daughter uh, married <laughs> yeah. somebody else and I married somebody else, but I still have a huge amount of respect for him and, and really his legacy and impact on me. I, I shout him from the rooftops at any place I go. Right. Well, he definitely changed the trajectory of your life. And Gallup says, you know, people who donate their time and their money show lower levels of stress and have a deeper sense of well-being. So that's really the message that you proclaim today. And so do you want to get into giftology? Because it's just not gifting. You've got another quote that it's not just the thought that counts. It's the thoughtful thought. So unpack that for us. In business, you have, everybody says relationships matter. It's relationships with employees, relationships with clients. And at a core level, you know, whether you believe in a God or not, God's wired us to be in relationship and community with people, you know, whether that's at church or at the country club or, you know, at the ball games or whatever, like we're not meant to be silos. We're meant to be in community and with other people. And people will say, well, I checked the box at Christmas or whatever else. But if you think about, People will do things in their business life that they would never do in their personal life when it comes to these relationships. Like they'll send out stuff to their top 20, 50, 100,000 clients, and then they'll slam a logo on it and they'll call that gifting and marketing. And they'd never go to a wedding and the couple's getting married and you give this Tiffany's vase and compliments of technology partners on the side. Like that'd be the cheesiest thing in the world, but we do that in business. Mm -hmm. And so what we don't realize is that you know, if you tell your wife or your husband, hey, you know, I got you this gift card, go pick out your own gift. You would never say, oh, it's the thought that counts. No, it's the thoughtful thought. It's taking the energy and effort to show a relationship that you care about them, that they matter. So what we found is that people will be like, oh, I get, you know, this ROI on Facebook ads, or I get this ROI on trade shows or marketing. And I'm like, what's your ROR? And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, return on relationship. And for me, especially in Valley's, 
it's usually a few dozen people, not millions of people that make the difference of whether or not you thrive and survive. It's a handful of people. And if you don't take seriously how you show gratitude and appreciation and love to those people, whether that person is personal, like your spouse or a friend, or whether that's in business and your client, your supplier, your investor, your board of directors, your employees, then people start to realize you say you're in the relationship business, but really you're a transactional person because everything that you do is a tit for tat. I'll give you this gift if you give me a referral. I'll give you this gift if you stay with me for 50 years as an employer. And that's not how relationships thrive. God's wired us when we love on people unconditionally, no strings attached. You do it strategically, but you do it no strings attached. They want to reciprocate oftentimes 10x, 100x. It's huge. And so when people say, oh, it's the thought that counts, I'm like, no, you can't hold back. You can't make the gift about yourself. Really, gift theology is just another word for love. You know, most people have read the book, The Five Love Languages. There's a lot of different ways you can show love. We've just focused on the tangible element because people suck at it so bad. They think they're like a seven out of 10 when it comes to gifting. And really they're a negative three. (laughs) If you start to do this one little thing well, along with the other parts of your business, all of a sudden, like we've seen people get a thousand X ROI and ROR because it's people are so bad at it. The bar is so low that when you start to be really thoughtful, people just melt and they want to run through walls for you. And that's really what we want is we want relationships, employees, clients, referral partners to go out of their way to be actively loyal, not just stick with you, but to go act on your behalf. And that's where people mistake what loyalty is. Like, oh, I have loyalty. I have employees that have been with me for 20 years. I'm like, are they recruiting their family and friends to work at your company? Because if they're not, then they're not actively loyal. They're collecting a paycheck. And so a lot of the things that we bring to the table when we're talking about this is you have a financial plan, you have a marketing plan, you have a life, you know, a health plan, a fitness plan. What's your relationship plan? Because if you don't have one, then somebody else is probably going to take your people and take your clients away because they're being intentional and strategic just like you would any other part of your business. Right. Oh, gosh, I just love that. A relational plan. <laughs> so I want to talk more about that. But I want you to tell the Brooks Brothers story. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to. Well, I'll tell you an anecdotal one. And I'll tell you one that actually has real data attached to it. Because people are like, what's the real, like, show me some like hard numbers of what this has done for clients. Because people hire us and to do all their gifting for them. And it's not to check the box and make themselves feel warm and fuzzy. Like they need, as an entrepreneur, you don't have unlimited resources. You want to put a dollar in and get $10 back out. So, so one of the examples early on in my business, I joined EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, and heard a guy speak. Cameron Harold had written like five books. It's spoken in 20 countries, like just this incredible guy. He'd grown three companies over $100 million in revenue uh, as the COO. 1-800-GOT-JUNK was one of them. And so I had this feeling, I was like, if I could get Cameron, not just to be a client, but a mentor, an advisor, a coach, I can't afford his $20,000 a month coaching and all this stuff. My life could change. My business could change. And uh, I found out he was coming to Cleveland, which is where I was living at the time to speak. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the night before he speaks for EO, I have lower level seats for opening night for LeBron. We'll go to Morton's, we'll have the steak dinner. And by the end of it, we'll be brothers. That's what I'm thinking in my head strategically. When I asked him if he wanted to go, his response was the most underwhelming response. He's like, sure, I guess I'll go. I don't have anything else going on. <laughs> in my head, I'm thinking, duh, like almost every business leader, we take people golfing, we go take people to dinner, we do the same travel entertainment stuff. The playbook is the same for almost every business leader. It's like 
trips and fishing and cigars and it's like all this experiential stuff. So I'm like, gosh, I got to do something else. I said, Cameron, what else are you going to do when you're in Cleveland? And he said, uh, probably going to go shopping. And I said, uh, where at? And uh, he said, well, there's not a ton of Brooks Brothers in Canada where I'm from. I'm going to go to Brooks Brothers. And so on the spot, I'm like, hey, I'm a Jose Bank guy. I want to send you a shirt. What's your shirt size? And he looked at me kind of like bewildered, like, does this guy have a man crush on me? Like, <laughs> why is he asking me my shirt size within three minutes of meeting me? Right. But he was from Canada, kind of that Canadian charm, like, oh, shucks. And he told me, long story short is three months go by, Cameron's flying in and uh, his flights gets delayed. And so we ended up going up to Brooks Brothers. And with his sizes, I ended up tracking down all of his sizes and put the Amex down and bought everything in the new fall collection, all the jackets, suits, belts, pants. It was $7,000 in clothes and outfitted his hotel room at the Ritz to look like a Brooks Brothers store. And Cameron got in from traveling and, you know, he didn't want to go to dinner and a ball game with me. But when he came back down from taking a shower and seeing his room, he said, John, whatever you want to talk about for as long as you want to talk about it, I'm all ears. I've never had anybody treat me this way. And so we continued to send him gifts. I didn't talk business that night. I just listened and learned. Every quarter for literally a decade, I would send him different gifts. It probably totaled $20,000. People were like, $20,000 on one relationship over a decade? And I'm like, well, I did the math. And seven figures has come from referrals of Cameron. Every client he has, every CEO, when I was begging to speak for free, Cameron got me my first five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars speaking gigs. We just got back from Australia speaking, and with travel and books and speaking, we got eighty-five thousand dollars to speak. And I don't say that to brag; I say that because Cameron became my sales agent, my speaking bureau. He's gone out of his way to make sure that I landed those gigs before I had a book or before I had any credibility. He became the advocate in my corner. And so show me something else where you can get a 50x ROI and an ROI. For 20 grand, I couldn't hire Cameron for a month. And I've, I've got him as an advocate for life. So that's where people are like, John, like, what's the benefit of this? I'm like, well, they're like, how many sales reps do you have? And I'm like, a couple thousand. And they're like, well, how do you afford that? And I'm like, well, I take a half a million dollars and invest it into gifts. And I turn all of my clients by loving on them, no strings attached. All these CEOs I couldn't hire for a million or $2 million. They become my sales reps advocating for me because of how they feel and how they're inspired based upon our relationship. So that's where like people say, well, I play the long game. And I'm like, your long game is days. A long game is decades. And when you're willing to reinvest back into your relationships for that multiple decades mindset, which I learned from Paul, because a lot of his big deals came from 20 years ago that he planted a seed. And then that person was in a position of power over time. Who did, who did they think about? You know, better call Paul. They wanted to come back and love on him based upon how he had shown up for them. I love that because it's really, truly the thoughtful thought. It's really seeing that person, you know, to seeing that person. And we were gifted with something this Christmas. I'll never forget the person or the gift. <laughs> and it's just so unique. It's a bear that was made by like a really awesome chainsaw artist, and one of our PDs, one of our practice directors found this guy and had this specifically made and the bears holding a technology partner sign. I'm like, that is just the coolest gift. But it was really that I knew that he took the time to really think about what would Greg and Lisa like. So I love this and I cannot wait to talk about more, but we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with John Rulin. Are you a rising IT leader? Could you benefit from a network of like-minded peers? 
let me introduce you to the St. Louis Technology Leadership Experience. This one-of-a-kind program gathers cohorts of IT professionals for three workshops, pure small group problem solving, one-on-one mentoring by IT executives, and multiple networking events. You'll be prepared for your next steps as an IT leader by gaining core leadership competencies and a strong, powerful network of peers. To apply for our next TechLX cohort, visit tpi.co slash TLX. Welcome back. So, John, you know, a lot of people think we send out great gifts. You know, we're doing the giftology thing already, but sometimes they're not doing it very well (laughs) and they don't even know it. So can you tell us a little bit about the recipe in your mind for giftology? Yeah, well, I think that what's interesting is it's a difficult thing to measure because nobody ever gets the cheap bottle of wine and writes you a note and says, dear so-and-so, I thought less of you as a person by receiving your thing, you know, your token, your trinket, your tchotchke, your promotional item, whatever it was. And so people get the token thanks, but they don't realize what's really going through somebody's head because it feels rude to say like, I didn't like your gift or I re-gifted your gift or your gift ended up at Goodwill 37 days later. But that's oftentimes what happens with a lot of those things. And people will say, John, I do giftology. It didn't work. And I'm like, well, did you follow the recipe? And they're like, well, I kind of did. I did giftology-ish. It's like baking bread. Like you either follow the recipe If you don't put yeast in that one little thing, you don't get bread. And if you don't follow the methodology and that there's a strategy, there's a science and an art to what we do. And a lot of the things like are simple, but people think that they can leave them off, like the personalization. You know, like if I'd went to Cameron and just said, hey, here's a gift card, go pick out your own clothes. The response wouldn't have been the same. The fact that they were in his size and personalized for him, like we did an interview with the New York Times, like what's the hot new sexy gift? And I'm like the stupid knives. And they laughed. They're like, no, you don't still do knives. I'm like, I can set, we do more knives, millions of dollars knives than ever before. And they're like, well, how does that work? And I said, well, I could send the same knife set to 10,000 people, but based upon it being personalized to that person and including their family, their significant other, it lands differently. Like you can always personalize something with somebody's name, leave the logos off because it's not a business thing. You want to connect as a human being. And inner circle is a big part of the recipe because a lot of the executives get taken to Pebble Beach and go to nice steakhouse dinners and stay at the Ritz and get treated like royalty. My wife is taking care of four kids. Like she gets the worst side of being in business. She gets treated like arm candy. So if somebody wants to get to me, they can either spend tens of thousands of dollars on me or they can spend one one hundredth the amount on taking care of my wife because she is the major influencer in my life. So one of our clients, I remember I met this guy who was one of the top financial advising coaching companies in the world. He met me at this mastermind, you know, it was like $25,000 event. And he's like, John, the gifting thing's cute, but I don't think it, it works. So I started to send him gifts and I included his wife, Jan, on every gift. He called me six months later. He said, John, I thought your gifting was cute. I didn't really think there was anything to it. And then about three months ago, my wife started asking, hey, have you done anything with John Rulin lately? <laughs> and then a week later, like before bed, you know, hey, have you gone to lunch with John? And this happened over and over again, week after week. And he's like, I feel like I'm sleeping with your sales rep. My wife is your advocate and she's never even met you. And uh, I'm like, yeah, because of this, like you have to include the spouse. You have to include the the assistant. I call it the inner circle. And so it's the spouse, it's the assistant, the kids and the pets. That's where 80% of our budget, when a client hires us, they're like, oh, our clients all like golf. And I'm like, I don't care what your client's like. What is their spouse like? Do they have a family? What's their assistant like? How often do you take care of that person? And they're like, well, we've never done that. Guess what? None of your competitors have either. If you want to stand out with your clients, your employees, your partners, you have to take care of the inner circle. And so we did this for him. 
targeting 200 of the top seven-figure financial advisor clients. We sent this off to all of them. We did knives, but they're all personalized with spouses and followed our methodology. When he got the referrals back, the forms back, he's like, John, I would have been happy with a 10% bump in referrals because each client we get is 25 grand to 50 grand a year in coaching fees. Our referrals, we didn't do anything different other than your stupid gifts. We followed your methodology, even though I fought you the whole way. And our referrals went up 107%. I can't believe the impact of following this and pouring into our relationships, but especially including the inner circle. One of the other things is timing. A lot of people will give gifts at events or they give gifts on birthdays or anniversaries or Christmas. Those are fine. But it's like if you have a spouse, if I only show up for my wife on Valentine's Day and on her birthday and on Christmas... That's the only time I say I love you or send a gift or do flowers. Those are table stakes. Like those don't give you any brownie points. But if you start showing up for your relationships as a just because, so it's not a tit for tat. People are like, oh, I do referral gifts. I'm like, are you in a transactional business? They're like, no. And I'm like, somebody gives you a million dollar referral and you give them a $250 Starbucks gift card. Does that feel good? Like that's a tit for tat. Sending your relationships a gift in the middle of July, in the middle of October, not because of a deal's done, not because of an anniversary or birthday or Christmas, just based upon the value of the relationship. Now, all of a sudden, that person receives it and is like, wow, Lisa's so thoughtful. Now, you could have said the same gift to 10,000 people, but every single person who receives it based upon it being personalized with their name and their family name, showing up at a random time and being best in class, they're like, oh my gosh. Oftentimes, what we show people when we're doing the recipe, they think we're like, this extravagant expense. And what I show is that it can be budget neutral. If you start taking your biz dev, your marketing, your HR, all these things, like nobody, nobody's employee brags about their 401k, but we do things for our employees. Like we pay to have their houses cleaned every other week. And people are like, how do you afford that? And I'm like, we budget it in as a part of the pay package. And so when you start to think creatively and start to show up for people differently than anybody else, it's not about spending more money It's about being more strategic, more creative, more thoughtful. Like even with your spouse, like they don't need you necessarily to spend more money, but oftentimes it's the handwritten note that took you two hours to write that is actually more valuable than the gift itself. The gift is just the tangible reminder of the relationship. The handwritten note or the video that you send with it is what creates that emotional, meaningful connection. Oftentimes we're actually able to save people overall marketing dollars and overall HR dollars by just shifting and saying, how can we be radically different and show up for people in a way that they wouldn't show up for themselves? Well, you talk about surprise and delight when they get this personalized, well-thought-out gift, but then surprising them when they don't expect it. If I tell you I'm showing up with dinner next Tuesday, all of a sudden you're thinking, man, I hope it's Annie Guns. (laughs) I could show up with emos on some random Tuesday and I didn't tell you and you're like, I don't have to cook. This is amazing. Right. The expectation... People are like, oh, the surprise and light doesn't matter. I'll just ask my clients, here's a catalog, go pick out what you want. And I'm like, you ruined 50% of the impact by not making it a surprise. We all love to be surprised and delighted. That's the Ritz-Carlton mentality. Most surprises in business are not good surprises. <laughs> you get a good surprise and it's thoughtful and personalized and you can take home to your spouse that's a good thing, that's lasting, that doesn't get consumed like food or wine or alcohol that's gone in 15 minutes, like... We all crave that acknowledgement, that story, that surprise. And that's where like the ripple effect of this, 
people start to realize, oh my gosh, like if I want to be top of mind, liked and trusted, we, we crave that acknowledgement. We crave that that specialness and that unusual, like we all love that VIP treatment that feels like we're the only one to receive that. And when you can add that surprise element, that's what like people are like, I can't believe you did this on just some random Tuesday versus, oh, everybody gets this gift because it's Christmas and I have to, and we made money this year. That's not how you wow somebody and inspire somebody to act on your behalf. For sure. Well, I am going to leave the listeners with a cliffhanger. You have to purchase the book Giftology and you have to read about the surprise that went wrong. <laughs> that's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah, okay. the engagement story that almost the killed me. The story yeah, that that's... almost killed John, but we don't have time for it today, but I want you to read that story. My goodness. So, John, you have something to gift our listeners. You wouldn't be a very good giftologist if you were stingy and not generous. I don't care if it's good times or bad, like showing up for people in the valleys is more important than showing up for people on mountaintops. And so I feel like, you know, being generous and inspiring people to go like love on people and double down on generosity. That's what's going to get people through is doubling down on relationships. And so we have our entire process, the giftology system of like who to gift, when to gift, how much you should budget, why, basically everything. You don't have to do anything other than follow this roadmap and relationship plan. Your tribe can go download what we charge thousands of dollars to walk through clients with giftologysystem.com and everything is there. There's no like, oh, if you pay this, then you get bonuses or goodies. It's 100% there for them to go execute if they don't want to hire an agency like ours to do it. Well, thank you so much. I know our listeners will appreciate that as well. I'm going to go download it myself. So this is something extra, John. So what do you believe is the something extra that every leader needs? In most relationships, people hold back because they're afraid to be taken advantage of. And what I saw and Paul, and even in my business partner, Rod, was to give more than is reasonable. When you're generous and you don't hold back that 5 or 10%, relationships thrive. People feel how you show up and how you're present. And so I think as leaders, being able to feel like when your back's against the wall and you're backed into a corner, who has your back? We all want to feel like our boss, our clients, our suppliers, our vendors have our backs. And I feel like when you show up as a giver, when you show up generous, Instead of having a bullseye on your back, you have people who want to see you succeed and lift you up because they, you, they know that you're going to come back and pull them along with. And that's how God's wired us to be in community with each other. And I feel like showing up radically generous and giving more than is reasonable is one of those things that really rallies people and you become this magnet for just naturally more good things into your life. I agree. Well, Proverbs eleven twenty five says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes another will be refreshed. It's all that old school wisdom. It's been around for five, 10,000 years that people have forgotten about that still applied in 2020. So true. Well, John, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show today. Thank you. I cannot wait for our listeners to hear your story and just hear your amazing wisdom. So thank you for making the time. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show. Something Extra with Lisa Nichols is a Technology Partners production. Copyright Technology Partners, Inc., 2019. For show notes or to reach Lisa, visit tpi.co slash podcast. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen.